0: as we were sharing with us last week about Jesus Christ being the Lord and judge of all. The Holy Spirit brought something into the message that actually wasn't originally designed to be part of that message and i did mention it in person that one of these days we will talk about about it but somehow god has confirmed that actually that is where we should go this morning. Starting from somewhere, and we may have to continue this. From wherever we are stopping today. If I should ask us, What do you think the heart of the gospel is? What is the heart of the gospel? I'm sure I will have many different answers. I've had to go back and meditate on it myself as the Holy Spirit was prompting it. And actually, I came to the conclusion that the gospel is about relationships. The gospel is about relationships. Of you agree with me on that? I deliberately, I'm deliberately stressing this. Relationships. <laughs> Hallelujah. Only one person agree with me that the gospel is about relationships. Let's go into the scriptures and look at it. It may seem to take us a little bit away from where we intended to go last week, but the Holy Spirit will want us to emphasize this. The Gospel is about relationships. Brothers and sisters, the first thing we need to know is that the original problem of man was a breakdown of relationship. Do we we get that? That one seems to be quite basic and clear. It was a breakdown of relationship. Between God and man. Relationship. Fellowship. Broke down. I didn't intend to do a longer exposition here and I still don't intend to do that. But let's just reread it. Genesis chapter 3. From verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Do you now understand what mark was praying about was talking about as he was rounding up the privilege of a relationship with god the lord god was working in the garden man couldn't work with him anymore there was a breakdown of relationship eventually when you go further which i won't be able to read because of time from verses 22 down to the end that chapter in chapter 3 it was about man losing that relationship Adam and Eve the wife were driven out of the garden that was relationship isn't it and once relationship with God has broken down You can expect nothing but relationship problems between man and man. Are you following me? Family life that should have been enjoyed. In an atmosphere of genuine love. Between husband and wife. Parents and children, relationship between siblings, immediately broke down. Go to chapter four. I really want you to read that, that it was a problem of relationships. And brothers and sisters, if you look at our world today, the problem we have is actually not problem of resources. (laughs) It's problem of relationships. Do you agree with me on that? It's about relationships. How we relate. And look at what happened in chapter 4. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife. And she conceived and bore Cain. And said, I have acquired a man from the law. Then she bore again. This time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. But you shall rule over it. Go to verse 8. Now... Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rushed up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground so now you are cursed from the earth you can read on and on can you see what has happened relationship problem a brother could no longer enjoy a friendly loving relationship with the other brothers they were born by the same parents something came in Relationship. Are you following me? Even in a home, a brother could no longer feel protected or secure in the presence of another. Relationship problem. And the program of God in redemption is about relationship. So we are talking about two kinds of relationship here. Relationship between God and man, and relationship between man and man, or men and men. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Relationships, and it is the heart of the gospel as we go, as we go home. Because of our time, let's jump quickly. God made an attempt in the Old Testament by bringing out the laws, which is broadly summarized in the Ten Commandments. I hope you know. Do you know that the Ten Commandments has two parts to it? How many of you appreciate that, that there are two parts to the Ten Commandments? The first part is about relationship with God. The second part is about relationship between a man and fellow man and I'm using man now in the generic sense. Are you following me? It was an attempt, but that couldn't work. And I'll go to Exodus 20 just now. It couldn't work because of the sinfulness of man and the inability of man to actually obey the laws of God because of sin. But the reality is that it was an attempt to restore these two relationships with God and with fellow human being. Exodus Exodus chapter 20. The first four towards God. The last you will prove it yourself because we are not going to read the whole thing but if you look at, at it from verse 3 you shall have no other gods before me. That's towards God, isn't it? No other gods before me. Number one, towards God. It's about relationship with God. The second commandment, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or graven image towards God. Don't make any other thing your God. Build a relationship with me. That was essentially what it was. The third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. About God. Isn't it? Fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Essentially, take time off and enjoy and build a relationship with God. Don't be drowned in the day-to-day activities. Suspend everything else and focus on God. Take time to relate with God. Is that not what it's about? Relationship. Then look at the remaining, the remaining six is our relationship with others. Honour your father and your mother. Family relationship. Is that not? Is that not it? Family relationship. The sixth commandment: You shall not murder. Relationship with others. You shall not commit adultery. Relationship with Others, Hmm. you shall not steal relationship with others. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, relationship with others. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Your, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant. Nor is ox, nor is donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's relationship with others. I, did you get that? Relationship has always been key in everything that God has ever done, and the importance of this I will stress at the end of the meeting. But I just want us to quickly go that the gospel that we have called, we have been called to preach is about relationships. The gospel is about restoring these relationships. Don't carry like like God was beginning to lead us into last week, which we did not intend to bring into the message but the Holy Spirit emphasized it. And I took notice of that. That don't carry a message to a people that is not essential addressing this matter of relationships. That's why the gospel is not about calling people to religion, it's about relationships. And let's quickly go on. If you go to Malachi, as the New Testament was rounding up, what was the problem God found? With the people. It was about relationship, essentially. And these two, two sides of the relationships. Go to Malachi. Before we then jump into the New Testament quickly. In Malachi, turn with me to Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Where is my honor? Sorry, if then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? Here, talking about the priests, priests serving, obviously doing almost all the right things in their own eyes, but are they despised of relationship. They were doing it, without a relationship with God that's acceptable to him. Mm. Did you notice that? We can do all the duties. We can do all the other things we want to do. But without a relationship with God, we've got it wrong. Can I quickly emphasize this? For those of us who have come into a relationship with God, guide your relationship with him jealously. More than just outward service. Whereas this is important, it's not the call. He was talking to priests here. Then look at another relationship. That was a relationship with God. Look at another relationship. Chapter 2. Go with me now in chapter 2 to... Verse 10. Have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning the covenant of the fathers? Judah has dealt treacherously. Can you see God addressing something there? Relationship. Treasury. disloyalty. Are you following me? Relationship. Because once relationship with God is broken down, it is all, how do I want to use that word now? It is impossible to think you can enjoy relationship the way God wants it to be with any other person. is the problem of the world. By the reason of the fall of man, every human being is selfish. Are you getting me? People people build relationships to take advantage of one another in one way or the other. There is always a hidden agenda. Are you following me? To a sinful man, to the fallen man is the reality. Except a man is redeemed and you first of all have a relationship with God that can then shed light into how relationship with others should be. Amen. Look at the next one. So, we are talking about relationship with others. Look at the next thing he went to in verse 12, in verse 13. And this is the second thing you do. Another relationship. Family relationship this time around. Husband and wife. Look at it. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. So, it does not regard the the offering anymore. Nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Can you see, oh, people were offering things. And God said, no, that's not what I'm interested in. Go and deal with the matter of relationship, even with others. Are you following it? That's why when Jesus came, he had to emphasize that. He said, even if you bring an offering to the altar, do you remember that that scripture? And you remember that someone has something against you first of all leave your offering there and first of all go and reconcile with your brother then come back and make your offering relationship relationship look at what the scripture says verse 14 yes Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth. The Lord has been witness. The judge of all has been witness. Hallelujah. God takes interest in relationships. Relationship between brothers and brothers you and fellow believers you and even others who are not believers the lord takes interest in relationship within our homes amen not just activities relationships between you and the wife of your youth i'm looking at it look at how that A verse continues, "With whom you have dealt treacherously." Can you see? Can you see it? Treacherously. For those who may not understand what that means, can somebody read another translation for me? Just to understand what God is talking about when He said, "You have dealt treacherously." Does anyone have a newer translation there, so that everyone will will hear it from the scripture? Uh, Good news says. You ask why he no longer accepts them. It is because he knows you have broken your promise to the wife you married when you were young. Yep. She was your partner, and you have broken your promise to her. Although you promised before God that you would be faithful to her. Okay. So. Okay. So, so it's a sense of
1: unfaithfulness, isn't it? Uh, faithfulness. Defend
0: it. Defend it. Somebody's uh, microphone is Somebody. echoing. So, we are talking about unfaithfulness, broken promises, unfaithful dealings. Mine says disloyal. Disloyal. That's that's another word, disloyal. You are disloyal. Are you following me? Because God wants us in relationship to be faithful, to be loyal, to keep promises, and it goes on. But this, verse uh, 15 says, but did He not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit, And why one is six godly offspring, therefore take heed this is why I'm going, take heed to your spirit and let none deal unfaithfully, disloyally and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. For the Lord God says that it hates divorce for it covers one garment with violence says the Lord of hosts therefore take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously that you are not disloyal that you are not unfaithful relationships even within the home Do you get the point I'm making here? God sees it. Relationship matters to God. And as we are closing the book of Malachi, look at what the book of Malachi says again about relationships. Because the plan of God for restoration, of man is to rebuild relationships. Look at chapter 4 from verse 4. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the status and judgments. You remember we have already looked at that law. It's about relationships. But look at what it's saying here. Verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Relationships. And we are, we are going to talk about this another time. How relationship is key. Our relationship has a vital place even in divine judgment hallelujah when God was going to to judge Cain you remember it was on the ground of relationship where's your brother did you make me my brother's keeper are you following me it was a matter of relationship may God help us to get this in Jesus name so when Jesus came It summed up the whole law. The whole law was put just on two two points. Love for God, love for your neighbors, relationships. Love for God, love for your neighbors. But one precedes the other. Are you following me? Whoever has not been able to build a relationship with God will struggle to build genuine. And I'm talking about genuine. God kind of relationship with fellow being. I'm not talking about being religious, I'm talking about relationship. Where you have a relationship, a fellowship with God. Personal connection in a relationship with God. And that is why Okay, maybe you can read it on your own, or should I read it, Uh, from verse 24, Matthew 22, from verse 34. For when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Is this point clear this morning? Law, I mean relationship. Relationship to the gospel. And as I begin to random, when Jesus came, what did he die for? He died to restore relationships. Not religion. Relationship. And it is it is to our gospel. We are calling people to personal relationship with God. I want you to have a personal relationship with God. It's it's called to our message. And in so doing, you will have the capacity to build a relationship with others. Whether within the family, at the family level, outside there, you will have the capacity to do it you will know truly what it means to love others. You remember what God was teaching us on Friday? Wonderful time on Friday. Until a man comes into a relationship with God, don't expect an improvement in his relationship with others out there. Set out all the rules of what to respect. The human selfishness will take over at one point or the other. Let's call people not to a religion but to a relationship, personal relationship between them and God. And then in our teaching of the gospel of the kingdom, we must emphasize the importance of getting relationship right. So take it to your spirit that you are not treasures, You are not disloyal. You are not unfaithful. Are you following me? You are not going behind people's back and stopping them from the back. <laughs> that's a cruel, that's a crude way of putting it, isn't it? when Jesus came, Ephesians, I'm, I'm going to take maybe one, just one of them or, or so, then I'll tell you finally what where we just round up this morning. But I just want us to make sure this issue of relationship is kept in our hearts. In whatever form we are presenting the gospel to people, please, the importance of relationship is key. Not just a call of people to service. People can do many different things for many different, for different motives. And that's why in this assembly, we have emphasized it again and again. Relationship with God is important. Your personal relationship with God, because that's going to take care of your relationship with others. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. The whole purpose of the, of the gospel of reconciliation, which Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verses 18 to 20, is about this. When he was talking about, you know, God has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. It's about bringing people to God and bringing people. People into relationship with one another. Hallelujah. Our relationship with God will teach us how to treat others right. Hallelujah. This is part of the gospel we carry. The kingdom is about relationship. It's about people is about relationship between people. Don't let us develop a religious attitude that has no place for people, for relationship with people. That is the tendency that I can see the church of God drifting into. Even the church of God, those who claim to know God. We are prone to service without taking care of relationships. We can't go too far with that. And we can't affect the world with that. Amen! Efficiency Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to cut it short a little bit from verse. I'm going to go straight to verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought nigh by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. The word peace there is about reconciling, reconciling, bringing two warring parts together. It's about reconciliation. It's about frustrating peace, good relationship with God and with others. With God and with others. Look at that. And that he might reconcile, can you see what what I'm using? I was using just now. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity The enmity, the hatred. This time around, man and man, man with God and man with fellow men. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and those who were near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Can you see what we are talking about? Relationship with God, relationship with others. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Key. Relationships. Is this point I'm making this morning clear? If this point this morning is clear to you, just wave your hand at me if you are looking at me. Yes, we must value relationship. We must esteem it. And lastly, First John, First John, chapter one. I like John because John, if you look at all the gospel, the Gospel of John and this letter here, the epistle. You discover that he kept on talking about relationships, relationships. The man had a a, a divine PhD in in talking about love and relationship matters. (laughs) Hallelujah. By revelation. and look at what he was calling people to as he opened that epistle, 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. You see, we are starting from their own relationship with God first. They were only bearing witness to something they have enjoyed with God. To a fellowship they had come into. That's what they were presenting to others. We will never be an effective witness for God. We will never be an effective career of the gospel of God if you yourself you have not enjoyed true fellowship. loving fellowship intimate fellowship with the God that you are talking about. You cannot present the gospel effectively as an outsider to a true, loving, intimate relationship with God. It will will be clear that you are talking about a God who yourself you don't have a relationship with. Are you following me? Building a relationship with God personally will only enhance our effectiveness as witnesses. Whether at the home family level or at the level of the society. Look at what it was then saying. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also, can you see that? They were bringing people into a relationship, may have fellowship with us. And our, and truly, surely, certainly, our, relationship, our fellowship or relationship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. These people were calling people to a relationship, a relationship in the light, a relationship with God, And that's why he went on to say, this is the message. We have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So it's a fellowship. It's a fellowship they are calling people to. A fellowship with God and a fellowship with others. This is where I said I will stop." And I was going to say this, that relationship is also going to be key in divine judgment. I will explain that to you some other time. But we need for of all, know the gospel is about relationships. But the judgment of God is also going to be about how we treat Relationships. God help us in Jesus' name.